Oh my gosh. The fourth trimester, like why nobody doesn't talk about that more. I don't know, but I've been trying to like be a little bit more vocal about it because that, that like, it almost broke, like it, it did break me for it's a like, moment. You're like, oh, here um, I am. I wanted this thing, but it's really hard. And I, I kind of want to say it's, I don't want it, but you do, you know, it's, it is yes. a very, Yes. I literally told a friend, I literally told a friend today, um, they are struggling with their daughter and going through a lot of the same stuff that we did, um, early on with Charlotte. And I said, it's okay to say, put her back inside, take her away, put her back inside. It doesn't make you a bad mom to say, I, I would like her to go back. Like, this is not what I signed up for. I would like her to go back. In partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Markier jump ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale 15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, It's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them, um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen. Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you. Um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, Great for farmer's carries. Um, Even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying, no chalk, super sticky. 
gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host, I'm the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and these are my friends. Got my co-host Amy Radowski with me and a special friend, uh, Carlene Matthews. Welcome, Carlene. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Carlene is a three-time uh, games athlete and a one-time master's podium finisher. Uh, she went to the games as an individual in 16 15, 16, and 17, and finished second in the master's age group in 2019, right? Yeah, 2019. And may have done well in 20, but that got all canceled, and then she had a baby and all of that. Yeah. Um, but one of the big reasons I have uh, Carlene on is, you know, she was never known as, like, the strongest athlete on the floor, but I think she may be one of the strongest women we've ever had on this show. And so what I want to talk to you first is, um, it's September. We just had September 11th a couple days ago, and you made a very poignant post because your husband is a first responder and how that impacted you on that day. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, um, I know there's lots of people, obviously, who have uh, significant others who are first responders and probably feel the same way, but, you know, every time um, you know, he leaves, he goes, he does like two days on four days off. Um, you know, it, it potentially could be the last time, um, you know, we see him and, and it doesn't always hit me. And I don't, I'm like, I feel like I'm like naive to it, you know, like, Oh, goodbye. Love you. Um, and, uh, so seeing like some of the posts the night before on September 10th of like people talking about, um, you know, this was the last time 349 firefighters uh, said goodbye or said goodbye to their significant other. Um, and they went on their last shift. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was just a, a reminder that of what they do um, on a daily basis. And, um, you know, the, uh, the, potential for that to you know be our life um of you know that being the last time I ever see him and that would you know it just it just made me like put it into perspective of like oh my gosh what what would I do <laughs> like mm -hmm. my life would be flipped upside down and um yeah so it just made me really reflect and um made me uh, grateful for, you know, the work that he does. And, um, but also, uh, reminded me to, uh, you know, cherish every moment too. So. And being a new mother, you know, the stakes are higher now. And so I can only imagine how, you know, now being a mom, you know, that brings all that emotional, um, piece to it as well. Yeah. And that was a big thing. It was like, oh my gosh, like, I think it's, hard to be like 
two days, you know, with him gone for two days, like this would be like our life. Like I, I, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I mean, I guess you do like, but, uh, you know, at this moment, like, I just don't, that's not what I want, obviously. (laughs) Well, in reading back through some of your posts, Keith seems to be a, a big rock in your life. Uh, and kind of that steady hand for you. Um, how did you guys meet? Um, yeah, he absolutely is. He's been, um, you know, one of my biggest supporters and, uh, our world was really revolved around me and my, um, goals and dreams when early on. And so we, uh, we met actually our, both of our best friends, um, got married And so he actually, we actually walked down the aisle together in their wedding um, before we ever were dating or anything. Um, And then one of my friends, uh, I was newly sober. Um, When when we first met, I was still drinking, but then, um, so like during that wedding, we were still, I was still drinking. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple months later, I said to my friend, like, gosh, your husband is so awesome. Like, does he have any good, cool friends? Like that, you know, for me and she was like, Carlene, you know, like Keith and him are exactly alike. And they're like, exactly alike to the, like, they look alike. Um, and she goes, I think you should just, you know, give him a shot. And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's not really my type. And she goes, that's why you should. <laughs> um, and, and so I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And honestly, it was like, we went on, uh, our first date was like at the gym. Um, that was be like a little bit pre-CrossFit, I, I think, um, I had just started CrossFit. So, uh, I was, we were still Globo gym in it and, uh, we worked out together for a first day and it was kind of like, it was on from there. So like, we were really like inseparable from there. And we, I think we moved in together like two or three months later and yeah. So that's really cool. Um, and definitely thank him for all that he does as a firefighter and an EMT, um, without those people, you know, we would be lost as a country yeah. and uh, we definitely appreciate all, all that they do. Yeah. So, one of the, so again, I mentioned that this is national recovery month and I want to talk about all the things that you've overcome. And so first I want to know, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Longview, Washington. And then I went, uh, I went away to college in Oregon. So now I'm in Oregon. Okay. And you, um, did you play sports as a kid? I know you went uh-huh. to college and played softball, but did you play other sports growing up? Yeah, growing up, I played softball and soccer. So I, um, all through high school, played soccer, but then softball was really like my love. So um, I decided to go to college for softball. And where did you end up going? Um, I went to Clackamas Community College for two years, and then I transferred to um, St. Martin's University. I spent uh, two years there, and then I transferred again to Concordia, and I finished up at Concordia. So when I was at Clackamas, I got a redshirt year, 
um, because I tore my bicep tendon. Um, so I had five years of ball that I got to got to participate in. Awesome. Um, and so at one point you develop an eating disorder. Uh-huh. And so tell us how that that came about and what you had to fight through growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about it, like, well, where did it come about? Well, you know, or like at some point you developed meaning disorder, like, well, you know, it was probably like a long time coming kind of thing. Uh, you know, I grew up in a family, uh, a good family. Um, my mom and dad were divorced and I would say that, uh, eating disorder behavior started about then. Um, when my parents divorced, uh, my mom remarried and I was very unhappy with that. Um, and I definitely turned to food, um, as a coping skill. Um, and I actually ended up like gaining a lot of weight. So, um, I used food as a coping skill early on. Um, and then once I, you know, kind of gained a lot of weight and, um, uh, my mom has had an eating disorder all growing up. Um, so, uh, when I gained weight, that was triggering for her, I'm sure. Um, so, uh, a lot of, um, my praise came from, uh, how I was, how I looked, how I ate. Um, there was a big, uh, push for diets um, early on because I had gained some weight and because I was overweight as a, you know, middle schooler, grade schooler, middle schooler. Um, and, uh, so I just remember a lot of like, oh, we're eating low fat. Um, Carlene's going to go on a diet. Carlene needs to go to the doctor to find out what's wrong with her because, she's overweight. Um, and she's very active. I was very active, very fit. Um, growing up, you know, I was playing sports, uh, but, um, you know, I was using food to can't work, can't outwork a shitty diet. So, uh, um, yeah, so I remember that growing up and then, uh, going into, uh, going into college, I, uh, was drinking and I kind of did like the freshman 15 and I didn't really like that. Um, so there's always like a lot of focus on, uh, diet. Let's go on a diet. Let's, um, try and lose some weight. Let's work out a lot. Um, and, uh, I started running I started running and I just started working my way up to running and I began to notice that I got attention and, uh, I started to lose weight and I started getting attention for it. And, um, at this point I was done with softball. Um, so I didn't have the athlete to kind of rely on. Um, that identity of an athlete. And I, I just didn't know who I was and I needed some, I was getting attention for being, um, for losing weight, for being thin. Um, and I 
just flourished on it, I guess. Um, so, uh, out of, out of college, um, that I would say is when like the eating disorder really developed. Um, and I started, it started out for me as like, uh, just like, um, it started out as anorexic and over-exercising and it turned into, um, bulimic over-exercising, um, all of the above. Uh, and you know, things that I had said, like, I will, I would never do that. I would never do that. Um, and I did that. Uh, and so I, um, you know, I, my family was concerned, uh, but I, you know, never looked the part and ever looked the, um, very sick anorexic or bulimic. Um, so I, and I always worked out. So I like, you know, we talk about it now that it's almost like you don't feel worthy to, um, be sick because you don't look sick enough. So you're like not sick. Um, and so, but my family noticed and my family was concerned. Um, they made a, you know, a few comments and I had went into like the hospital at one point for some stomach issues. Um, and they, you know, were like, is this like, are you eating? I remember my grandma like making comments, like, are you eating enough? Um, and so finally it was like one day I was on the tread or no, I was on the, the stair climber at the gym for like the second or third time that day and I finally like was like I can't do this anymore I can't live this life um and I sent my older sister a message and was like I'm done I I have an eating disorder and I'm ready to get help and I reached out to a therapist and um went into an outpatient treatment treatment center so that's kind of do you have a daughter or or son? I have a daughter. And and isn't it so fascinating? I think that, you know, the messages that we receive growing up and, and those, you know, really shape who we are, even if they're unintentional and well-meaning or, you know, like you were mentioning with your mom, that those were the messages you got. And maybe that wasn't the intention, but those are the messages received. And I just find you know, it's, it's so powerful. And, and certainly I'm not trying to indicate that males don't get eating disorders. I'm just saying, I, I noticed the evaluation piece on, oh, you're skinny, you're healthy, you know, things like that. Um, it's, it's very powerful. And then when raising a daughter, I have a daughter um, myself, like just being so careful with those messages that we're sending because we want to create that healthy self-esteem um, and, and not the evaluation piece. Yeah, this is like a huge, huge, this is huge in my world right now. Like, um, and, you know, I, I, I have always said, I don't want to have a boy or I don't want to have a girl. I don't want to have a girl because I don't want to fuck her up like me. And, uh, and so I always wanted a boy and I'm very, very like grateful to have a girl, but I am so scared 
benefit like of passing those messages on um and very very like hyper aware of like like this weekend we were over at my grandma's and my grandma was a very big um for me the messages were always oh Carleen you're so skinny you're looking so good you're so skinny you're looking you know everything was about how I looked and you know I'm sure that the eating disorder didn't just start with my mom it was with my grandma and everything and so when my grandma was constantly saying Charlotte you're so beautiful you're so beautiful you're so beautiful and I'm like yes she is but like she's (laughs) yes and she's smart and she's strong and she's independent and like that's not all you know like that's not all she is and um so yeah that's like a huge huge thing and even just like um you know, all the different philosophies or like psychologies around like how you're uh, feeding your kids and like ha- the message that you're sending to them with like how relationship they need- with food. <laughs> exactly. The relationship of, you know, do they have to finish their plate even if they're not hungry? Like at what speed do they eat? And like, oh, it's like, it's so much. And, um, Yes. It's like a daily, uh, struggle. Yeah. A, yes. It, but what's so great is lot. that you, you have, and I can sense already because you were the one that could sense in yourself that, that you reached out for help yourself. And so you have, have those messages in your, in your mind and able to advocate for your daughter and by you expressing those messages around her, just like how you were saying with your grandmother and she's, you know, she's smart and all those things. And I think that, that your daughter will see that we'll see that you're also advocating for her. So, yeah. And like, I think that that's been, go ahead. No, no, you first. Uh, I think that that has been like, uh, you know, a big part of it is even in like my recovery from drugs and alcohol. Also, like, I want her to know what I went through. I want her to know, um, I want her to be aware of these things. Um, and so I like love taking her to meetings with stuff with me and like her doing recovery stuff with me, because I just, I want her to grow up knowing that this is life and like, and mommy went through this shit. So, um, yeah, I don't want her to be like sheltered from it. I want her to like, see it. So so you mentioned that that relationships with your mom and grandma were very triggering, right? That they that they mm-hmm. kind of modeled some of this behavior. How did that affect your relationship with them later in life? Do you have a good relationship with them? Yeah, um, I I do. I do have a relationship with my mom. Um, she is still triggering to me to this day, um, and. Uh, uh, but I, I definitely had a better relationship with my dad. Um, but I lost my dad. Um, so, uh, losing my dad made me, um, you know, like it made me feel like I needed to have a better relationship with my mom. Um, so it has brought me and my mom a little bit closer. Um, 
and I still like and I do have a relationship with my grandma but again like it it become it, it's triggering you know even to have to hear her say that stuff about Charlotte like it brings up like all this stuff that was said to me growing up you know and uh and so I, I don't I don't see them quite as much as um probably like I would say my sister does my sister sees them a lot more um but yeah you know it's it, today I have coping skills to, uh, deal with those triggers when, and, and I'm aware that, okay, like these situations are going to be triggering for me. I need to pre like, I need to plan ahead. So, um, but yeah, I do have a relationship with them. Well, good. Um, so at the same time, you've mentioned it, that you're sober now that you were addicted to drugs and alcohol. Did that tie together with the eating disorder or was it its own separate animal? Oh yeah. It all went hand in hand. Um, you know, when I, uh, when I was in treatment for my eating disorder, I, uh, I stopped the eating disorder behaviors and I started drinking more weird. Um, and like using like some like recreational drugs more. Uh, so it, it kind of just, you know, they were all, they were all attached um, but then when, when I took one out, the other one got really big. So it's like, I handled this one thing. I handled the eating disorder. Um, and I, you know, thought that I was I like taking care of that, but then the drinking got really bad. And so I want to say August, I like graduated from the treatment center and by October I was and sober I guess or October oh. 25th I was sober <laughs> so and I, I didn't I'm, drink Go sorry ahead. I'm lagging behind a little bit so I'm just curious if if growing up and please don't answer if you're not comfortable do you did you have like some underlying anxieties and things growing up um that may be that, that as you mentioned these were kind of coping mechanisms for, for you so maybe I, I don't know if that was kind of like the lead into to to maybe this yeah, um, I think there's a couple things that play into it. Um, growing up, uh, I had two sisters. We were very competitive. Um, so we're always competing for, uh, you know, who, who's going to get the most attention. So there's a piece that plays into that. Like, how can I get the most attention? Um, there's also, like, my parents divorced. They were in a, they were very, um, they were amazing. They got along really well. Um, they were at every single one of my sporting events growing up. However, uh, my mom did remarry, um, at like, uh, 11 when I was 11 and she remarried a man who, um, had two sons and that shook my world. I hated him. Um, I, did not get along with the boys. Uh, and it just was, it really rocked my world. And that was like when I started, um, that was when the eating disorder in terms of like overeating started for me. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, it just kind of came into kind of turned into just like, I didn't, 
I really never had a sense of self. I didn't know who I was. I was, you know, Carlene, the, the overweight girl. Then I was in the athlete. And then I was, you know, like I didn't have any sort of like identity. Um, but when I, I, after I drank for the first time, I found that I, um, I did have some identity. I could be Carly and the party girl and I was fun and I could party and people liked me. And, um, and I will also say though, too, that, uh, I do experience like some social anxiety. Um, and so now like to, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't like feel it then, but like today, now that I'm sober, I can sit back and like, say like, Oh yeah. Like I feel like I've, I feel like socially anxious. Like I feel socially awkward right now. Like I would drink. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how, like, this is how I would get through this situation is I would drink so that I didn't feel so like anxious or like awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird because like today I can like sit on a podcast and <laughs> coach a class and be like participating in the CrossFit games in front of thousands of people, but like be that person that's like, yeah, I'm socially awkward. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so when did the, when did the alcohol drinking start? Uh, I started drinking um, in probably the like, eighth grade, ninth grade, um, not like heavily, just like on the weekends or like every once in a while when like, um, I remember the first time I ever drank one of our, uh, friends was, um, his parents let us, they were like the type of parents that were like, Oh, we're, you're going to do it. You're going to do it here in the house. And like, um, that kind of thing. And, uh, and so we went over there and we drank and, uh, you know, like I said, I got that, that feeling of like, oh, like I'm fun. This is, oh, this, uh, this is cool. Like people like me, people like this, Carlene. Um, and, and so I, you know, continued through high school of like on the weekends or like a party here and there. Um, I got caught a couple of times from my mom, um, And, uh, and then the same thing in college, but, you know, in college, it was always like, I was playing softball. So, uh, in season we would be like, oh, we're not drinking during season. We want to like perform well. Um, and, uh, but then out of season we would like party and drink. Um, but it never for me turned into one of those things where like, I always got my schoolwork done. I always um, got my, like, played my sport, did my, like, sport, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get to a place where I was, uh, relying on alcohol, so I didn't think it was a problem. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you, you finished treatment for the eating disorder in August, and then you got sober in October, So Uh did some of the coping mechanisms you learned in the eating disorder rehab, did it assist you with realizing that you needed to change the addiction? Um, 
Yes and no. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, when I was in treatment, like I, they were like, you know, Carly, like this behavior is like not like I would, I would be talking to the therapist like, oh yeah. And then I went out this weekend and I did this and this and this. And yeah, I mean, it was probably pretty messed up. Like probably shouldn't have done that, but whatever, you know? <laughs> um, and they're like, you know, Carly, like, the alcohol might be, might be an issue. You might want to think about like not drinking. And I was like, Oh no, you're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and then it was just time after time after time of like more things like coming up that people were like, yeah, that's, that's not really normal. Carly. And like, we don't really like do those things. Uh, just like normal drinkers don't do those things every single weekend and continue to like make the same mistakes and, um, hurt people and like every single weekend. Uh, and so I was doing therapy and, um, you know, I remember just continuing to go in there and say like, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know why I, you know, keep doing this. I just don't know why I keep doing this. And, and then finally there was a day where I said, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try something different and I'm going to prove that alcohol is not the problem. And I'm going to stop drinking for 30 days. Cause I used to do this all the time. I used to do that all the time in season. I would just stop drinking for 30 days. And, um, and so that's what I did. I stopped drinking for 30 days. Um, and I still haven't drank since then. So, you know, it was a lot of, uh, work for me to, um, start to realize that, uh, I didn't need to drink and that I liked the person that I was without drinking better than, um, than I liked the person that I was when I drank. Um, and so, yeah. And, and that alone motivated you to go 60 days and 90 days and. Yeah, I just kind of, um, you know, I was, I was just going just to, I didn't know how, how long I wasn't going to drink and, you know, probably for the first year, year and a half, I never like said I wasn't going to drink for the rest of my life or that I'm an alcoholic or anything. Um, I, uh, I just, I was just not going to drink for a while and see what happened. Um, and, uh, you know, I was willing to, I was committed to putting into some work, uh, on myself and to finding out who I was and what, what I liked to do and what I, and who I wanted to be, you know, I, I gave myself this opportunity to be whoever I wanted to be. And when I drank and when I had like this eating disorder, I, I was somebody who just wore these masks. I just wore masks of who I thought everyone else wanted me to be and who I thought uh, was going to be likable. And so I was the party girl one night. And then I, you know, was Carlene, the, like the party girl who has a credit card the other night. And, you know, like, 
all these like different things. I just put on these masks of like who I thought everyone wanted me to be. Um, but it was never really who I truly was or who I wanted to be. And when I stopped drinking, I, I got to be that person. Um, I got to find out what I'd like to do. I got to find out, um, you know, how I, what I believed in, how I wanted to act. And I, I just slowly began to realize that like this person that drinks, like I change when I drink and I am, I do not want to be that person. Um, and so for me, it just came down to like, I don't, I don't have a choice. Like I cannot drink because I become this person that I just absolutely don't want to be. And it doesn't align with my, with who I want to be. Is it easier to say no today than it was 10 years ago? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, yes and no. Uh, today I don't have the desire to drink, um, but it's just not a part of my life. Uh, there have been times and, uh, you know, for me having a baby and the first four to five months of that was, uh, that moment that I was like, okay, yeah, this is why people pick back up. Like, this is why, this is why I drank. And if alcohol was an option for me, I may drink. Um, but it's not, I don't, I don't leave it as an option for me. Um, we like, my husband doesn't drink, uh, he's not in recovery, but he, uh, he just doesn't drink. Um, his dad's an alcoholic also. So, uh, he's seen that growing up and it's just not fun for him. So, um, you know, he might have a drink once a year, um, but he usually doesn't do it in front of me. And, um, so yeah, it's, it is definitely, uh, a lot easier now, uh, almost 11 years later to say no, but I also know that it, it would be so easy to say yes. You know, well, you have more like, coping now more coping skills now but you still can have triggers right we all yeah. can still kind of hold on to those triggers and um but yeah you have those skills now yeah and that's what you know I'm very grateful for like the uh skills that I do have you know that these coping skills that I have to be able to um you know sit with feelings um I can acknowledge when I feel uncomfortable. Uh, and, and those, those things are like the big ones for me is just like being able to sit with a feeling and like accepting that, like, it's okay to have it. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, being okay with being uncomfortable. So I want to move on to, to Charlotte. And this may be like a totally non-CrossFit podcast when we're done, because uh, this may take up the rest of our time, but it's okay. We'll have you back on and talk about the CrossFit stuff later. Yeah. So just like everything else in your life, you had to overcome obstacles to be able to have Charlotte. And I yeah. know that you are very open about your journey through that. And can you walk us through what happened during that process? 
Yeah, um, it was a, a fairly long process. Um, you know, something that people I don't think realize that um, that it's a long process, you know, to uh, if you can get pregnant naturally, maybe not so long, but uh, if you um, can't get pregnant naturally, um, it's quite the process. So it started, uh, you know, I, I went into, I had like an, an annual appointment and I, I went into the doctor and the doctors called me back and they're like, uh, they said, oh, well, um, if you're, you know, if it comes back normal, uh, this is when I was competing. So that if it comes back normal, we'll just send you an email or like a, a letter. But if it's not normal, if it's abnormal, we'll call you. Well, they called me and they're like, the doctor would like to see you. And I was, so I lost my mind. Um, and the doctor brings me in and he's like, so, well, you, all your tests came back okay but your uh some of your like labs came back um like I don't know not normal right uh so he's like do you take any supplements and I'm like well yeah like fish oil and protein shakes and he's like, well, no, like, are you on any supplements? So he was thinking that I was on steroids because I'm an athlete and, um, my like thyroid and, um, basically my testosterone was like really high, um, which was the reason that some of my, like, so my, all of my, uh, reproductive system like hormones were all out of whack because I was so lean and um because of how much I was working out so that was a long story to get but it was funny because he thought I was on steroids and I was like no I'm not um anyway so, so that was my first experience with the doctor saying like well look it's fine for right now but when you want to get pregnant you're probably going to have to put on some body fat. Like, okay. But he's like, you're fine now. You're fine right now. Okay, great. I was like, I was bragging to my coach. I eat so good. And like, I'm so fit that like, I, that the doctor thought I was on a steroid. That I have this natural, you know, like I thought that this was like, great. And, uh, Turns out it wasn't. Uh, so it turns out have, not having your period for five years uh, is not a normal thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it started for me with GRID. I participated in GRID uh, right after the uh, 2015 games. And I lost my period and I never got it back. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. Uh, and so when I decided that after the 2018, um, regionals, uh, I just, no, it must've been, yeah, 2018 regionals. Um, I did not qualify for the games and I was like, good, I'm done. Like I, I, I had leading up to that regional, I had, um, 
moments of like, I don't even know if I like, I don't even want to go. Like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Um, and so when I didn't qualify, it was like, yep, this is, this is fine. Like I'm fine. Um, and so 2018, um, I said, okay, like I'm not going to the games. Let's start trying to get pregnant. I'm ready, ready to have a baby. And that's what we were waiting for is waiting for me to decide that I was ready to be not selfish anymore. And, um, so we started that process and I, uh, went to the doctor because I knew that like, okay, this is probably going to be an issue. Like went, got some blood stuff test done. And this, everyone said, you know, all right, well, you want to get pregnant. You got to put on some body fat. You got to get your period back. Okay. So, um, we tried that. I, uh, committed to, um, you know, taking my training down a little bit. Then 2018, I went and did demo team. So, so that must have been triggering too, though, to be, to, to be recovering, you know, eating disorder and now be told you have to put on weight. Oh yeah. This rocked my world. Yeah. Um, this was a constant daily struggle of this is all I've been told. This is all I've been praised for. This is all I've done. My entire life is to be lose weight or be fit. And now I'm having to go the complete opposite direction. Um, I was told to like only go on walks and I was like, this isn't doing it for me. Like I, I got through, uh, you know, I got sober, like really with the CrossFit and that high intensity is a coping skill for me. And so to now rip that out of my hands, uh, I struggled like struggled and it was a constant back and forth for me. And to be completely honest, like it never, I never really fully like did that low of intensity. Um, because I, in 2019, I went as a master, you know? So like, eh, as much as like people are like, yeah, I don't train. I, I didn't train. I just like, I happened to get here. Like you train, you train, but that's like all I knew. That's all I knew is, and that's still all I know is to train. Um, it's not just a workout for me. I, I don't say I'm going to go work out. I say, I'm going to go train. That's just all I know. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it, it was a huge thing was to be told like, now you need to gain weight. And, uh, I kind of went in like ebbs and flows of it. So I went like, all right, screw it, eat everything. And then it was like, no, 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 no. I don't want this. I don't want this. And then it's like, all right, okay. Your goal is to gain weight. Like, no, 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 no. I don't want it. Um, and so it, it ended up being a, a t- t- you know, two year process to get to a place where um, I had gained some weight. Um, but you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, training for the games is for the first three years as an individual, I thought I needed to be super lean and, um, you know, look like a CrossFit games athlete. And 
then I decided I needed to gain weight and I purposely tried to gain weight and, uh, and I did, I did gain some weight and went into, you know, the master's division, the heaviest I'd been as an athlete and had my best performance. So like, you know, it's, I think that says a little bit, um, but, uh, so yeah, we, um, I did well in that, uh, we were just starting, uh, we had decided to go to a fertility specialist, um, cause I just wasn't having any luck, uh, getting my period back. So we had gotten through all the testing and I had like a procedure that I had to like go under for and got all this testing and stuff. And we were getting ready to start medication. Um, and I got the news that I had qualified for the games. And so we decided to push it out like two months and wait. And I was, cause I was like, just in case I podium, I don't want to like have a positive drug test from these fertility treatments when I can wait one month, I can, what's one more month, you know? So we pushed it out. Um, I did happen to podium and I got a nice little paycheck and that's how Charlotte came about. (laughs) So when I won, when I won, it was like, oh my gosh, like, look how much I won. We can have a baby now um, because it's not cheap. Uh, So, so yeah, like CrossFit Games sponsored um, us having a baby basically. And, uh, we, we started the fertility treatments and, uh, I got my period back and then we did an IUI. So where, uh, they take hit, uh, my husband's sperms, um, like sample, I guess. And, uh, they take it and they wash it and they clean it and they make those swimmers all really really nice and like clean and then they use a catheter and they insert it inside of me so it can be like the best chance um and typically with an IUI they they say it takes like one to three or four and then after that you go into like an IVF and we got lucky on our first one and so uh we found out that we were pregnant on, um, officially on New Year's Eve. No, New Year's Day, New Year's Day. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's it like being a mom? Like you went through all that and now you're the mom and, and what, what joy does that bring your life? Um, well, she, Charlotte brings me joy. Um, now she does. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just so, uh, I can't imagine my life without her now. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, like she put us through the ringer on the, in the first like four months, four to five months. And nobody Um, like talks about that. Nobody's honest about that. Like exactly. it's, It's not just a walk in the park every day. It's really hard. 
Oh my gosh. The fourth trimester, like why nobody doesn't talk about that more. I don't know, but I've been trying to like be a little bit more vocal about it because that, that like, it almost broke, like it, it did break me for it's like, a moment. You're like, oh, here I am. Um, I wanted this thing, but it's really hard. And I, I kind of want to say it's, I don't want it, but you do, you know, it's, it is yes. a very. Yes. I literally told thing. a friend, I literally told a friend today, um, they are struggling with their daughter and going through a lot of the same stuff that we did, um, early on with Charlotte. And I said, it's okay to say, put her back inside, yeah. take her away, put her back inside. It doesn't make you a bad mom no. to say, I, I would like her to go back. Like, mm-hmm. this is not what I signed up for. I would like her to go back. There were a lot of times that I said that early on, um, because yeah, I didn't, I thought that the labor and the pregnancy was going to be the hard part and the uncomfortable part. And, um, and I guess, you know, like even just saying that out loud, like, it's not that this, uh, you know, fourth trimester, like early on was uncomfortable. It was just hard, like hard. Um, and you know, I'm, trying to run a business. My husband was, uh, it was a fire season. So he was at, uh, for two weeks in like, at like, at like seven weeks, he left for two weeks, like two and a half weeks. And I was like single mom dutying it, um, trying to run an affiliate. Uh, and yeah, it was really, really hard. And I got really like low. Um, and that was kind of that like point where I was like, oh, like, this is when I, like, I, I would drink, um, if I had that as an option, uh, luckily I didn't, um, and we made it through and it, it's now one of those things that you like, look back and you're like, okay. And I, and I think this is why it isn't talked about is that like, you look back at it, you're now, and you're like, well, it wasn't that bad. We made it right. Like we made it through, it wasn't that bad, but like, it's still really fresh for me. And it still is like really bad. Yeah. It, or it was really bad um, or really hard. And I think that we will have more of those hard seasons as they're just going to change and knowing that we did get through that one will help us get through these other like hard seasons. Um, but yeah, her and I right now, like basically at like six months was kind of when things started to like get a little bit easier for us. Um, like I said, like Keith works, uh, two days on four days off. So her and I have like a really good routine for those two days that he's gone. And, um, and yeah, so now it's like, it's really fun. Like I enjoy, I, I actually, I I don't even want, like I go downstairs and like work out and I'm like, I, 
I don't feel like it can work out because Charlotte's not down here. Like I want, I want her down there. Sometimes I'm like, I'd like to work out in peace, but um, yeah, it's just a part of my day now. And I, I can't imagine my life without her. Um, she's such like, whereas in the first four months she was very colicky. And I was like, this baby doesn't stop crying. And uh, now she's like the happiest baby. And she's just very, very chill. And um, so I'm really, really grateful that we got past that hard crying hump. I'm going to tell you, there's a mantra that I use. And I think that your whole story has kind of summed up the whole thing. But the mantra that I always use is you can do hard things. And even in those moments, you know, you, you can do it. It's going to be really hard. Doesn't mean it doesn't suck, but you can do it. And I think that through all of your story, through the recovering from eating disorder and from your recovery with drugs and alcohol, and then, you know, your, your challenge to become a mother and then now going through motherhood is that you can do hard things. And I just am so thankful that you were open to sharing your story with us. And I hope that it will um, help other people as well. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. And we'll definitely have to have you back because we didn't get to touch on anything CrossFit, um, which is good. I like it when we just get to talk about the person. Um, but I think you're such an inspiration. I think it's great. I do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And we will talk with you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye, Carly. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.